African savannah on safari, looking for... Mike, is that a lion stalking us? I think it's something much scarier. It's a search term report, and someone has keywords with 150% ACOS. Oh no, they never added any negative keywords. Oh, and it looks like all their bids are just $3. No bid optimization? We're in trouble. We need to do something about this giant ACOS, but I don't know if we can do it alone. Oh no, it's the Ad Badger. Should we run? No, no, no. The Ad Badger can save us. He'll rip that high ACOS to shreds with bid optimization and negative keywords. What's going on, Badger Nation? It's Mike and Brett from Ad Badger, and you're listening to the PPC Den Podcast, the world's first Amazon PPC advertising podcast, and your source for all of the tips, tricks, and optimization strategies you need to get the most from your Amazon ads. What's going on, everybody? It is Mike here, and I am joined by Steven, and we are really excited over today's topic. This is something that everyone who runs PPC campaigns should be thinking about, which is auditing your own campaigns. What's going on, Steven? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Um, Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, we get uh, a ton of people writing in all the time, um, asking for uh, advice, help, and a lot of times, you know, we're more than happy to actually look at someone's campaigns and provide feedback, just anything that we would do as if it was our our own account. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we're... We're only a few, we're a small team and, uh, you know, even if you get a campaign audit from us, you know, every couple of months, this is really something that you should be doing, you know, on a uh, weekly, monthly, sometimes even a daily basis. So we just wanted to mm-hmm. give you um, kind of some strategies for how to kind of perform a self audit. That's right. We're going to be covering five key areas that we need to be thinking about when thinking about campaign performance. So I think this is a really interesting topic because a lot of people will sort of see the revenue, see the spend, see the ACOS, and then sort of be at a loss about what to actually do. Like, where do I actually look? What do I actually focus on? I'm clicking on things. I'm looking at things. And I think it's even common for people with experience to get a little lost in the uh, in the weeds. I think the saying is, you can't see the forest through the trees. Yeah. I think that's it. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah. That's right. So today we hope to zoom out, get the drone shot, uh, and give you the bird's eye view of your account and really talk about the key areas that you need when thinking about your campaign performance. Uh, and I'll be honest, as a quick aside, auditing campaigns, no joke, is probably one of my favorite things to do. Like whenever you get a new account, it's like fresh, it's new, you've never seen it before, and you sort of get to crack it open and then see how all the pieces fit together. Like who was managing this? What were they thinking? It's kind of like you get to play detective a little bit. Yeah, it'd be like, you know, it'd be like archaeology. You know, you just get to a new undiscovered site and you're trying to put the pieces together. That's it figure out the story that was going on, Mm -hmm. you know, see what was working, see what wasn't. No doubt. So five key areas. Area number one, got to check the temperature. Steven, what do we mean by checking the temperature of an account when you first open it up? Yeah, the the most important thing is to just kind of gauge where everything is at. Um, You know, look at your most important metrics, your KPIs, um, before you actually get into the more granular uh, details of your whole account, you know, what is the overall account's performance? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, every account is going to have different KPIs. Uh, Some people might have different ACoS targets than others. Some people might have different margins. So they're, you know, maybe they have a super low ACoS 
threshold or maybe they're going really aggressive and they have a really high ACOS threshold, you know, first just sort of checking the temperature, seeing if things are sort of all right, because um, that'll help in, that'll help influence everything else that you see. You know, if you look at an account and maybe the CPC is, you know, high or low, that's all, that's a very relative term, you know, so just sort of looking at the account, opening it up and just sort of looking at some of these metrics to help clue us in as to what kind of account this is. So, you know, one of the first things I look at is CPCs. You know, what is the average CPC in this account? Um, where does it compare to sort of the average CPC on Amazon? Um, and then, of course, asking ourselves sort of, does it, does it make sense? You know, is the CPC around a dollar? Or are we getting clicks for maybe 20 cents? Or maybe our clicks are coming in for $3? So some pretty interesting things there that you can sort of glean from just seeing what the average CPCs are. Yeah, and there's a, actually a lot of information that CPCs can tell you uh, about your niche. So if your CPCs are um, really high, then because Amazon is an auction, you know, if, if you're actually if your CPCs are five dollars and you're bidding five dollars, um, that means other people are also bidding mm -hmm. five dollars. Right. If the next closest bidder was bidding one, you'd only pay a dollar and one cent. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, higher CPCs uh, tell, definitely tell you that it's a more competitive place. Um, you know, a lot of times maybe those products um, that are bidding on those keywords, they have higher profit margins or, you know, the products that are go for over $500 or $1,000. Um, but sometimes, you know, I've seen um, accounts where CPCs are around 10 cents because right. the margins are just so tight. So. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, and then moving into conversion rates, uh, you know, the average conversion rate. And of course, there's a problem with averages because different industries are going to have different um you know, averages within that industry, but seeing where the conversion rate stacks up, you know, typically the lower the price, the higher conversion rate you need, the more expensive the product, you know, you can get away with sort of lower conversion rates. So sort of taking the first few things that we talked about, the CPCs, the, the, the average order value of all the products, and then putting that with conversion rate, you're able to sort of say like, hey, if CPCs are rolling in very expensive and the conversion rate's very low, you know that there's people out there paying those CPCs and probably doing it profitably. So it can help clue you in to potentially any sort of product market fit issues right off the bat, um, which is pretty interesting. You know, I think in general, the larger the account, the higher the conversion rate, um, just because in order to scale an account, you do need really strong product market fit. So seeing how the cost per click and the average order value correspond uh, just sort of helps you check the temperature. Again, in this first area, we're just trying to orient ourselves to see how the, the area is set up, see how the arena is set up. You know, X-Men is out. Do you know what the danger room is? No. You've never seen X-Men? No, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm out of the, the cultural, okay. societal fit there. The danger room is where you go in and it's completely empty and blank and then like it'll transform into like uh, a post-apocalyptic and there's huge uh, sentinels walking around shooting at you and your first thing to do is just to see where you're at, see what the conditions are, and then you know whether to run or attack or whatever it might be. So all of these preliminary steps are just trying to see where the sentinels are. Hmm. Do you know what a sentinel is from X-Men? Like, uh, no, but it's <laughs> in, in normal. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so CPCs, conversion rate, sort of average order value. Let's jump into ACOS. Uh, this relates back to the sort of company's goals of what, their, what, what do they want their ACOS to be? What do they need 
their ACOS to be? What are we up against? How steep is the challenge? You know, are we trying to scale an account? Is the ACOS so low and they're trying to scale it? You know, that gives us some room to maybe bid a little bit more aggressively. Is the ACOS way too high? You know, is the, is the ACOS so high that it's unprofitable? So we need to look for ways to sort of scale it down, scale down the spend to get cheaper clicks to you know balance out that revenue. So looking at your ACOS targets is very, very helpful here too. Yeah. Um, and the ACOS targets, um, you know, we usually see ACOS falling around the 30 to 40% range. Um, but like Mike was saying, um, that's really all up to what your goals are. Um, I've seen some people who are targeting over 100% ACOS because mm-hmm. uh, they're just trying to generate reviews as fast as possible. Right. Um, I've seen other people who, you know, 10% ACOS is actually breaking even for them. So mm-hmm. you've got to be super conservative. But um, the next biggest metric um, that you want to keep track of is uh, what's your spend per day? So, uh, Mike, what's that look like? So when we first open an account, we want to monitor spend per day and you know observe it to just sort of see what kind of account is it? Is it is it an account where every day there's going to be a month's worth of data? You know, if somebody's spending thirty thousand dollars a month uh, versus somebody who's spending a thousand dollars a month, that's 30 times more data rolling in. So every single day you have a mountain more of data. So it really just helps you pinpoint at what time ranges should we be looking at? You know, if we're spending loads and loads and loads and loads and loads a day, I'm talking thousands of dollars a day, that's going to allow us to maybe look at a shorter time window and still have good data confidence when we do the rest of our audit. Because, you know, the thing that you don't want to happen here is you don't want to be looking at the past 30 days worth of data, but you only have spent... 45 bucks. Because, um, you know, you're, you're, everything you would see with just $45 in spend is going to be so statistically insignificant that you just want to be sure is the data that I'm looking at throughout my audit going to be statistically relevant? And looking at the time frames is exactly the next point on our list. Uh, it's, it's really helpful to look at 90, 60, 30, 14, maybe even seven-day metrics to look for trends. And Stephen, when you audit an account, let's say an account is trending in the wrong direction. So it's getting worse over time versus one that's maybe getting better over time. How does that, like, what does that mean to you for the rest of the audit? Yeah, uh, I get a lot of people actually um, writing in about that. Um, so I love taking a look at it. And um, yeah, just like you said, you want to compare, you know, your your longer time frames to your shorter time frames, and um, see if, if what's going on. If if your ACOS is starting to rise, um, you know, if sales are starting to drop. And the two things that I normally look for are, uh, you know, if sales are dropping off, is the problem a drop in impressions? Um, mm. drop in clicks or is it a drop in conversion rates? Right. So if it's a drop in impressions or clicks, then that means um, you know your keywords aren't performing as well as they used to. Um, maybe people are outbidding you. Maybe Amazon did like an algorithm update, which always kind of messes up mm-hmm. with PPC campaigns. But if you're seeing conversion rates that are dropping, that you know you're getting the same amount of you know impressions and clicks, only fewer purchases. Um, then that kind of tells me that uh, your niche is getting more competitive. People right. are actually placing ads on your product listings and targeting your mm-hmm. ASINs and stealing the market share. So to me, I would say you definitely want to go and check out who's you know who are your competitors and how you can you compete with them. Whether that's um, you know getting more reviews, um, optimizing your your yep. images, stuff like that. And the last point in area one, where we're just sort of checking the temperature, we're we're trying to gauge everything, is actually like how is the owner of the company 
thinking about the campaigns? What are the sort of the thoughts and feelings that go into it? And the reason I put this on this list was really so much. We, we, I think it's a myth that paid traffic is only numbers-based. It's only CBC's conversion rates, ACOS spend trends, metrics. I think a lot of PPC and how the management works is is actually the company owner or whoever's in charge of the metrics, maybe the digital marketing manager, the Amazon manager, whoever it might be. If they are flagrantly upset, for example, you know, the ACOS is way out of their range, or maybe it's even two points out of their range, but it's very imperative to get it back immediately, that's going to influence the rest of what it is that you do versus the perspective of, hey, you know, PPC takes time. Uh, we're going to move a little bit slower, more intentional. We'd rather uh, sort of like the strategy of like, we're going to ready, fire, aim versus ready, aim, fire type thing. It helps you understand, is the red light on, is the yellow light on, um, in, in terms of a like intensity, is like a DEFCON 3 or a DEFCON 1. And I think, feel free to correct me out there, listeners, I think the lower the DEFCON, the more intense the warning. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably agree with you on, on right. that one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, these things do take time, mm -hmm. um, especially with you know auto campaigns, which use a machine learning-based algorithm. Um, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to let you know, like, if, if everything's on fire, do you need to just wholesale turn things off? Or do you have time? Or if everything's sort of okay, you have some breathing room, then maybe you just want to bid optimize it and, and work your way that way. So, it really helps you understand to what intensity do I need to approach all these new areas that I'm going to get into. Which brings us to area two. The second area we're gonna be looking at is campaign structure. And man, Michael, I can't tell you how many times um, I look at an account that's struggling, it costs in the hundreds, and uh, I just, you know, I look at the, the campaign setup and everything's a mess. And, uh, you know, that's just obviously, you know, the most important thing that's, that affects everything, you know? It's like, um, just put your shoes on backwards if, if that's not Right, that's good. Uh, so, honestly, I think this is one of the most nuanced pieces of the digital marketing puzzle. How do I structure campaigns? I think it's really interesting. And you have to be a paid traffic professional to really get the nuance. Uh, you really need to look at, be looking at a lot of campaigns. I know a lot of super smart, talented, savvy digital marketers that are incredible at setting up funnels and doing SEO and all these different things. And then they go and they create, they're only, they've only seen one paid traffic account. It's theirs. And there's just some weird nuances of paid traffic accounts that should be clearer. They're just not. So basically, what I mean by this is a logical hierarchy of products into their campaigns, into their ad groups, into the targeting type. Uh, all of those things, there's like a definite right way and definite wrong way. And it's, and it's probably a spectrum. So there's very, very good ways to set up campaigns. And then there's very, very bad ways to set up campaigns. So we're going to touch on some of these simple things that actually make campaign setup a lot easier. The first and easiest, and we've talked about it on the show before, naming campaigns properly. Having a good campaign ad group naming system 
like it writes itself. Like if you have good campaign and ad group naming systems, the rest of your structure is going to just jump out at you. And we've talked about this on the show before. Um, one of our episodes, go to abadger.com slash podcast to get all of the episodes, but there's an episode on campaign naming. We'll put in the show notes. And basically what it means is you want to know what the things you're advertising in the campaign. So you should have the product category or the product, then you need the target A cost in there. So every time you look at it, you know whether it's up or a, it, whether it's a, above or below your target A cost. You want to put some kind of targeting information in it so you know what kind of campaign it is. And putting that targeting information in there uh, makes your life a lot easier because this, the next thing we're about to talk about is you need a blend of targeting techniques in your campaigns. Uh, Stephen, touch a little bit about the targeting mixes here. Yeah, I mean, Amazon is uh, always, you know, creating new types of targeting campaigns and we're only going to get more. Um, but, you know, there's, first of all, it breaks down from automatic campaigns to manual campaigns. And then your manual campaigns, you can either be targeting keywords, you can be targeting individual ASINs, mm -hmm. you can be targeting categories, right. uh, refining that targeting with product attribute targeting, mm -hmm. running sponsored brand ads. And, you know, if you just throw in the name of, in your actual campaign name, what that campaign is targeting, Man, it makes it so much easier once you're, you know, if you're looking at a keyword that came from a certain campaign um, in like a search report, you don't always know, you don't always remember, you know, what what was that campaign again? Mm -hmm. Was that targeting? You know, was it automatic? Was it manual? Right. And also think about using portfolios. Stephen, uh, I was looking at an account that you are actually managing, I got to give you some props right here on the show. The way that you were setting up your portfolios was brilliant. Like you had portfolios for auto. You click on the, that portfolio, boom, there are all your auto campaigns. You click on uh, the portfolio for manual keyword targeting, boom, there was everything. It made life so much easier. So campaign naming, just thinking about that, it's definitely, definitely something that makes the rest of your life easier. Uh, also worth saying here that campaign structure also uh, applies to the amount of products and the category setup too. So being sure that you're intentional about how you're setting up your products into their ad groups is important. Yeah, and then the next thing that I'll do is, um, you know, just to kind of get like, you know, the, the most important data as fast as I can in front of my eyes to make the quickest, most important adjustments to my account is I will sort all of the campaigns by um, the ones by highest spend, mm -hmm. um, highest revenue, and highest A cost. Mm -hmm. I do those three individually. Um, the reason why I start off with highest spend is because, well, I mean, really all those three metrics. Right. Um, but those campaigns are the movers and shakers. So if you're trying to improve your overall accounts, you know, performance and lower your whole accounts A cost. Well, if you can, you know, make some impact on the campaign that's spending the most money, mm -hmm. like $6,000 a month, rather than the one that's spending $10 a month, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to see uh, a much bigger impact there. So um, I also start start by sorting um, high A cost, high, high spend. Um, that gives me an idea of like, what are the campaigns that are like in the ICU that need attention right away? And uh, then I'll look at ones that have the highest revenue. Um, the highest revenue generating campaigns, if they're on a low A cost, like below the target A cost, then man, that means there's so much more opportunity that right. we're missing out on. So I'll usually start with those three. That's right. Uh, here's one thing that not a lot of people think about dealing with the lost data phenomenon of Amazon advertising. You know, Inside Google Ads, I can pull up a keyword search term report from three years ago. 
no issue with that data ever escaping. Uh, however, with Amazon, if you want to go back and look up a search term report from three years ago, you are out of luck unless you requested it back then. There's like a, a time frame at which you can request deeper data into your account. And really getting into the habit of requesting data is a good practice. Like you, you need to do it. And I know, you know, I can imagine why Amazon gets rid of certain data points over time. You know, they're probably saving out loads on server space, which is kind of crazy because I think they have AWS. Couldn't they like give themselves free server space or something like that? But um, for some reason, you need to be sure that you're requesting those reports because if you don't request them, you won't be able to get them back. Yeah, at search term reports, Amazon will only give you up to like the last 60 days. Which is crazy. Max. Mm -hmm. um, and then here's something else that's super weird, uh, Michael, is that even if you download a report um, and like, you know, it's downloaded in your advertising report section, mm -hmm. you know, after I think like a few months has passed, like I think like four or five months, if you try to go back and download that file again, it will say this file is no longer available. Rip. So Damn. Even, yeah, even if you've uh, already downloaded it. So uh, it's a good idea to kind of just keep a folder um, somewhere on your hard drive that's just, you know, campaign reports. Right. And when you download them, just add the date, uh, the date range that's in the report, the date you downloaded it, and uh, just, just save it all there so you can always access that whenever you want. Right. Last point about campaign structure, definitely understanding intentional versus unintentional placements. Essentially what that means is an unintentional placement is sort of an auto campaign. You're not really controlling every single uh, impression that you're appearing for, as opposed to an exact match keyword as a very intentional placement or an ASIN target. It's a very intentional placement. You know exactly where it's going to go. And I think it's important for, and we'll get into this when it comes to targeting management, but it's just important to be aware of the balance. Because I know if I open up an account with only unintentional targeting, that's probably an issue. They're appearing for too many things they probably don't want to appear for, and then I open up an account with only intentional targeting, so they only have exact match keywords, I know that they're probably leaving some missed opportunity for new discovery. So definitely striking the right balance is important there. Area number three, targeting management. Targeting management, so we're getting deeper into the account now. We looked at it at a very high level. We then touched on structure, just how things are set up. Now we're actually inside ad groups. We're actually looking at the targeting of the product ads. And the first thing we have to mention, we mentioned on the show before, be sure there's no keyword or targeting dumping. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of uh, times where um, folks will basically just take I don't even know where they get these keywords from. I don't know if they're making them up or if they use like a, a reverse ASIN lookup tool, but mm -hmm. they basically just dump, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of keywords that sometimes aren't even relevant. They just seem right. to them into their, uh, into their ad groups. And mm -hmm. uh, um, those ones, those ad groups like never, never perform well. Right. My favorite thing over the last few months after we came out with the keyword dumping episode, sort of warning people about it, everyone was like, oh my gosh, you were right. <laughs> like I loved the messages that we got of people like, what do I do? I've been keyword dumping. What do I do next? So definitely that's something to be aware of. Um, the other thing too, like there's this crowded ad group phenomenon. Uh, you had this cool watering hole analogy. Tell us about that. It's probably going to be better than the <laughs> X-Men danger room. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I was just thinking, um, you know, this, this crowded ad group phenomenon that we've seen is, um, basically once an ad group starts to get over, um, like 25 to 50 keywords in it, 
Um, Amazon just stops serving impressions to like 70% right. of the keywords in that in that um, mm-hmm. ad group. So, you know, I was thinking about like a watering hole, if there's a bunch of animals around it, uh, eventually gets so crowded that, you know, smaller animals can't can't get in, can't get any any access to the water. Right. This phenomenon isn't uncommon. I mean, it happens uh, in Facebook ads too, where you launch a whole bunch of ads and then only the ones that like just started on like the first 24 hours that did the best are the only ones that will continue to get impressions thereafter. So then after a week, you'll end up with like if you had, let's say you had five ads, you'll end up with the top two that get like 80% of the clicks and then the rest will get very little. So that's definitely something to look out for. Uh, really, really simple. Next thing, negative keywords. Uh, are there negative keywords? And by the way, just for super clarity, there are campaign level negative keywords and ad group level negative keywords. It's not entirely easy to see when you're looking at campaigns, what's what. Um, so be sure like whenever you click on a campaign, are you looking at the campaign level negatives? If you don't see anything, be sure to click through to the campaign um, individual ad groups so that you can see, you know, were there negatives at the ad group level at least. Yeah, it is kind of an inconvenient way to look around for negatives. And hopefully, you know, someone out there one day can have a tool that maybe I don't know has a better way of doing negative keywords. <laughs> I think I know of one. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, yeah, so I just want to say one, one last thing on that crowded ad group phenomenon. So how you, the way you get around that is you just have to split up your keywords into like, you know, rather than having a uh, hundred keywords or sorry, a thousand keywords in one ad group, you have to have like uh, 25 keywords mm-hmm. in 40 ad groups. Right. Um, you, just, uh, you do that math on the fly right now? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was correct. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, next subject. Next so, subject. Yeah, yeah. So, moving on. <laughs> uh, so the next thing is, is wasted spend management. So um, basically, you want to, you know, when you're looking through your campaigns, you want to look at um, what are the keywords that have spend on them but haven't generated any uh, any orders yet, any any purchases. So you can do that really easily within Campaign Manager or within uh, a search term report. Um, but you basically just apply a filter. I want to see everything with, without purchases on it. And then, again, sort from highest to lowest um, by spend and look at what are the high spending keywords or ad groups that mm-hmm. aren't actually earning you money. That's right. Let's jump in to area four. Bidding management. So we've got our targets. Now, the all every single one of those targets needs a bid. And honestly, this is kind of crazy to say, but the first thing that we look for is, is there any bid management actually going on? And it's unfortunate that Amazon advertising doesn't have a change history like uh, Facebook ads or Google ads where you can actually see how many bids have been changed over a certain time frame. Um, but you can kind of tell right away if an account has not been doing bid management. Um, you know, there'll be big bids for things that are very expensive and unprofitable. There'll be little bids for things that deserve bigger bids. Um, so you can kind of tell right away if there's any bid management going on. Or, I mean, sometimes I'll see accounts that everything is like a dollar. Yeah. So all the time, mm-hmm. um, which is so, so unfortunate because you know you'll see some keywords. That are dollar, uh, you know, five percent a cost, mm-hmm. um, not getting nearly enough clicks or impressions that they could be getting. Right. Um, and so you know, crank that bid up and, and get more revenue. That's actually in the intro of the show. Oh my gosh, every bid is exactly the same. Right, yeah. I think I mentioned something like that. By the way, I've asked pretty regularly, what do we feel about that intro? I think people really like it. It's long. It's, I think it's the longest podcast intro in the history of podcasts. But just hit the forward 
forward 30 seconds yeah. twice, boom. Three you times, actually. Three times. I do it every time. It's 90 seconds. It's 90 seconds. Whoa. It's a long one. Again, anyone out there listening, get feedback for the show. Feel free to message us. Hey, at least it's 90 seconds and not like 75, right. which would make you skip too far if you hit it three times. I, sometimes, it's around 30 seconds. Sometimes when I listen to podcasts, I'll do a combination like on Google podcast that does 30 seconds ahead and then you go and then you, so it's like you you have to do some quick math on the fly <laughs> um, so yeah just bidding a lot on things that don't convert that's an issue um, you know this is new optimization so you know, you can kind of tell if there's no bid management going on at the keyword level, you can almost assume that there's definitely no bid management going on at the new four auto targets, placement targets like the top of search, rest of search, um, product pages. Uh, so you can kind of tell. So th th that's often under-optimized, which we talked about actually in episode 30 last week. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, Michael, you... I think it was two podcasts ago, you talked about your five predictions for Amazon PPC. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you said was just adding more dimensions. Right. Um, every time Amazon adds a new dimension, uh, and most recently we were talking about, like you said, um, placements and you know adjusting your bids based on that. It just complicates the game. It's just more bids to keep an eye on. And um, for sure, you know, I, I agree with your prediction that they'll pretty soon add bidding by mobile device, right. top device. Um, so all that stuff is just going to complicate the, the game field, but Hey, it's good news for us. Cause you know, if we're keeping our eye on it and our competitors aren't, then, uh, that gives us an opportunity to put in more effort and win. Right. And I think when you say us, you mean people and the members of the Badger Den, people right. out there listening. That's right. Uh, so we've talked about bidding management and let's jump to area five. So we've started from a big 30,000 foot view of just sort of checking the temperature, seeing some of the metrics, then we got in a little bit further, seeing the trends, seeing the campaign structure, then we went into campaigns to look at the targeting and how things are being bid, and then there's just a sort of setting of just like fine tuning. Talk yeah. to us about that. So after you've taken care of you know the, the most important stuff, um, there's a lot of stuff, you know, I guess you, you can almost say it's like the... Uh, um, almost like an 80-20 rule. Um, so, you know, the, everything we covered in those first four areas, that's going to be 80% of your account's performance. But if you really want to squeeze out that extra 20% of performance, mm -hmm. uh, just be that much better. Um, there's a lot of places where you can fine-tune those biddings. So uh, placement settings, uh, again, we talked about this last week. So uh, listen on, on that podcast on how you can really optimize those bids. Um, you know, actually, um, I didn't say this last time, but I saw one account that um, they were like... 60% like they were hitting their target costs on the campaign or on the account level mm -hmm. but 60% of their ad spend was inefficient because wow. of the settings so, I mean, your account may look optimized, but really 60% of it isn't. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. It's like the problem with averages. Like the average for this campaign might be 30%, but as you dig in, you might find keywords that have 80% ACoS. And then as you dig in even further, you might have placements that are 90% ACoS. Yeah. So. And uh, one other thing is that's for fine tuning is back in November of 2018, Amazon released uh, auto targeting options. So your auto campaigns, you can actually, there's four different um, ways that the auto campaign will target, you know, searches and products. And you can actually adjust the bids on those target settings. So those targeting settings are close match, loose match, complements, and substitutes. Uh, the first two close and loose match, and this should probably be an episode of itself mm -hmm. at some point, but a uh, close and loose match, 
um, both pertain to search terms that would be, you know, either a close match to your product or a loose match. And then complements and substitutes are for actual product targeting. So um, substitutes would be like something that someone could have gotten instead of it. And complements would have been something that goes along with it. Right. But when I look at those, um, close match ACOS is usually pretty good. And loose match ACOS is usually insane, mm-hmm. too high. <laughs> it's getting, it's blowing the, the ad spend budget there. So definitely take a look at those. Right. And that concludes our campaign audit. Uh, auditing campaigns is one of the most important things that any pay traffic professional Amazon marketer should be aware of. Um, so I'm curious, you know, how do you out there listening are, how are you guys audit, automating? Whoa, automating. How are you guys auditing your campaigns? Uh, I've got automation on the brain, but, uh, in terms of auditing campaigns, you know, do you guys sort of jump right in? Do you sort of take an approach like like we had right here? So I'm curious to hear your thoughts out there. And Stephen, any final closing thoughts on auditing campaigns? Well, uh, I would just say the more you do it, the better. So uh, keep a close eye on it. Um, you know, I, you should be doing it at least once a week. And you know, if you ever want us to, you know, take a look at it, feel free to write in, um, send over some some screenshots. We'd love to give you any feedback mm-hmm. that we can. Right on. And as always, you can get all of our episodes at adbadger.com/podcast. And if you'd like to hear more about our software, AdBadger, feel free to go to adbadger.com/podcast and deal. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Hey, everybody. It's Mike here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And as some of you may already know, the podcast isn't all that we do when it comes to Amazon. Uh, We actually spend the majority of our day working on building the best Amazon advertising tool we possibly can to help automate a lot of the concepts that we discuss during the show. Yep. And we appreciate you as listeners. We'd love your feedback about our app. Uh, And if you're interested in giving our free trial a shot, just head on over to adbadger.com slash podcast deal. That's adbadger.com slash podcast deal. Thank you so much for the support, guys. We really do appreciate you and we'll see you next episode.